Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Welcome to episode six of Rock That Relationship with Corey and Tracy. We're excited today about our, our next topic in this first season that we have where we've been really kind of sharing the, the top lessons that we've learned from our relationships and our breakups. And Tracy and I each shared four topics the very first podcast. So definitely check that out to learn more about our whole season. But episode six is about letting go when to stay and when to go. And we're talking about all sorts of relationships. This could be friendships. It could be um, even relationships with a sibling or a family member about saying, you know, when is the point in which you sort of walk away? And at what point do you say, I'm going to invest and stay and try to work this out? But primarily our frame today is going to be talking about, uh, you know, romantic relationships, because that's a lot of times what people are thinking about when to stay and when to go. So that's uh, our topic for today. And I, I want to, you know, kind of get us thinking about really your philosophy and, and talk with Tracy about our philosophies about letting go uh, and, and breaking up. And, and I guess the big question, and I'll start with this, Tracy, and get your insight on it is, you know, are you kind of a one and done person? Like once you break up with someone, you're done. Like there is no reconciliation. There's no going back. Or are you more of a reconciliation? Like we'll break up and we'll see what happens and maybe we'll come back together or maybe we won't. I mean, I know that this is a, a pretty heated question for some folks and people are really kind of on one side or the other. So where do you land on this question? Well, I land on reconciliation. I mean, I think I will try to the bitter end to be with someone. I mean, yes, I, there are times when it has to be done, but I'm usually not the person to do that. Now I used to be the person just "Ah, breaking up with you and storming off or something like that, but I never meant it. Um, that's how I am, which I've learned. I don't do that anymore. I didn't do it in my last relationship, but that actually happened to me from that person. And I'm not a one and done. No, I, my best friend is like that. You break up with her done. She's not going to talk to you ever again. Like she is over, but no, not me. I think try and try and try and try again because we are flawed people. You know what I mean? Like everybody has flaws. Life is not easy. It is so hard to get through this life that if you love someone, shouldn't you try? I mean, that's an interesting question. Do you remember the friends episode with Ross and Rachel about the definition of, you know, we were on a break. Like, what does that mean? Right. Are you broken up? Or are you just taking some time apart? What, what does that even mean? And so some people are saying, you know, when we break up, it's just, it's probably temporary. We we're probably going to get back together. Whereas other people say like your friend, like, absolutely not. Like by the time I've gotten to this point and I've made this decision, there is no turning back. Well, I think that, <clears throat> yes, That friend is gotten to that point because she was with someone who constantly threatened divorce, right? And then she's like, now she's like, you bring it up, I'm done. Because she's been burned. And I know that Ross and Rachel story well, because that happened to me. So when I was in law school, I apparently became boring because all I did was study. And so my girlfriend at the time was like, you're so boring. You're not as fun as you used to be. And I was going away for an internship in Cambodia. And I was like, okay, fine. You think you can find someone more fun than me? Go ahead. Did I mean it? No, I regretted saying that, but her friends basically pimped her out over the summer. She had a relationship and, you know, we stayed together after that. Uh, they happen to be married now because a lot of other things happen in the in-between, but I was pissed at first, right? Initially I was really mad. And then I was like, 
I'm the one who said that. I said, go ahead and find someone else. And so it became a matter of what was it a was were we broken up? Was this a Ross and Rachel thing? You know, did the and when you're broken up, do you have the right to go out and date other people or should you? I mean, those are all kind that could be a whole podcast. I think we should do a whole series this season <laughs> on just the issues attendant to breakups, right? But I'm never gonna be that one and done. I am not that person. I don't care. You can I I don't get embarrassed by what other people think of me or, oh my God, look at her messy life or whatever. I don't care because what I live for is love. And I think you have to put your all into that. Well, you know, that's interesting because for me, I'm more of a one and done. Now I had one relationship more recently where we broke up and we got back together a couple of times. And I have learned my lesson that that's, that there was a reason we broke up the first time. Um, and, and it went South the, the other times we tried to reconcile. So I don't want to say that I will never reconcile after a breakup, but I'm going to say I'm pretty certain that by the time I've gotten to the point at which I want to break up with someone, I'm going to be, um, I'm going to trust that I made that decision based on something that was really important um, and, and not to go back to that relationship unless something substantially changed. But you know, so I kind of land more on the one and done side uh, as my philosophy, but, but either way, whether you're going into it with a one and done, or you're going into it with this idea that maybe this is temporary and we're going to get back together, the decision in our heads, right. To get to that point is meandering. It's difficult. It's complex. Right. There's all sorts of, of things. And so some people say, well, it's very clear to me. Like there are hard red lines. There are things that I'll say this, if this happens, we are breaking up, not negotiable, not talking about it, not going to therapy. You know, and some people talk about those red lines being cheating or lying or addiction or gambling or abuse or any number of those things. And, you know, absolutely, everybody has their own red lines. Um, and, and that's, and for, and for some people, that's the one and done. Like, absolutely not. I will not put up with cheating or, or whatever that may be. Um, do you have other, you know, red, I mean, those are some of the most common red lines. Do you have any hard red lines? Like, what would take, what would it take for you to say, I am one and done? Hmm. That's a good question. Cause I, I'm so much in the gray area and having been a cop and a defense attorney, I do give a lot of people a lot of leeway for understanding what could be behind these things. So even if these things seem like they're terrible, they're a red line, like what went into that? I used to be that person would say, if you ever cheat on me, all you're ever going to see is the back of my head for me walking away. I'm not that person now. And I stayed with somebody that cheated, you know, on that break. Right. Um, that I used to think that was a red line for me. But then if you look at it and you say, okay, well, what went into this situation? Well, I said something obnoxious. I mean, I just, oh, Corey, I'm a child of the eighties. I like those, you know, I like the guy to, sh- well, I don't date dudes, but it was John Cusack at the time. I <laughs> want that person to show up with the boombox and say, this can work. I love you. I'm sorry. You know, I made this mistake. Like I'm very forgiving. I mean, people think, oh, you're, you know, I can be a little cranky at times in a relationship, but I will, I will literally go to the end of the earth to, to make something work. So I wouldn't even say at my age, like my best friend, the one I was just talking about, she now has a lot of red lines and she is done. And I am, she's becoming more that way as she's aging. And I'm becoming the opposite where Mm -hmm. when I was in my twenties, I'd be like, cheating, lying, addiction, done. Don't ever talk to me again. And now I'm like, well, let's work it out. And like I said, in my last relationship, I would do anything. I I, I still would. I would go to therapy. I would do whatever it took. And I don't care what anybody thinks. 
Yeah. Well, it's interesting when you talk about how, as you're getting older, you're becoming, you know, it's a little bit blurrier and, you know, for your friend, it's, it's definitely moving more towards mm-hmm. these are the red lines. And I would say I'm more like your friend. I mean, right. because, you know, as we're both talking about these things, you know, yours is more reconciliation, a little bit more gray. Mine's a little bit more hard lined, but sometimes I let things get, I push the boundaries. It's not like, you know, we have our one argument. I'm like, see ya. Right. It's, right. it's like, I try to work through some of these things, but I have realized I, I went through a relationship with cheating, um, in, you know, with lying and with some of this stuff. And, and I'm not going to, I'm not interested in doing it again. I, you know, and on the other hand, you know, as you talk about love, um, there's so much love in the world and there's so many people that want to, to love each other. And, and I want to be with one who, doesn't do these kinds of things to me. And if it, if there's a person that I love and they do these things, then I, you know, I, I have to ask myself, do I want that? Or do I want to find love somewhere else that doesn't have these red lines? And so that's something that's also, you know, I have to consider and it depends, right? It's, is it lying all the time? Is it, does it depend on what they lied about? Does it depend on what they're addicted to? Is it exercise? Well, how long or, it's you know, gone on. Exactly. exactly. I mean, right? so all of these things do have some gradation to it, but really in general, I do have some red lines, but I think what's really important and really for us to get to is so not so much the red lines. Cause I think a lot of people have an idea at least of what those might be for themselves, but it's the orange lines, right? It's the ones that are not quite red, but they're the, the ones that you say, huh, this is coming up over and over again. So, you know, like a few of the things we think, um, feeling disconnected. Okay. So how long do you go where you feel disconnected from your partner, where you finally say, I'm going to leave. I mean, maybe you've gone to therapy. Maybe you tried weekend getaways. You've done this and you just can't seem to reconnect. Do you stay and just keep working on it? Or do you say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go. I need to find connection. And it's just, we're just not having it together. Well, I, I think it matters so much if you did the work, like, have you put in the work? Is the other person not putting in the work, you know, and is there a reason for that? And what can you personally tolerate? Like, I guess you have to decide, am I happy or am I not happy? Do I see a light at the end of this tunnel? Is this, you know, a short blip in a long marriage or a long relationship? Or is this something that is more pattern, you know, this person's in this pattern, right? And this is kind of the way they're going to be and that they don't show any desire to change or growth. And, you know, again, we've talked about that growth mindset before, and it's like, well, what are they trying to change? I give a lot of credit, a lot of credit for trying, because guess what? I asked for that from other people. I needed people to be understanding of me when I was trying, like, I didn't always do the right thing. I didn't know what to do. And I've been with people that are more like you that hard or long, you know, like they're just gonna, they're done. Right. And it's interesting because you and the friend I was talking about have very similar personalities. And I think I'm becoming, yeah, I think most of the things in my life are going to be more orange lines, but you know, in my last relationship, the last two, one, you know, the, who I was married to had children. And so I was kind of on the back burner and then the next one had a like a roommate that, you know, nothing romantic, but very much a primary relationship. And I didn't want that. So I wasn't dissatisfied about that. But I expressed that several times, like, I don't want to be on the back burner. You know, I want to be the the front burner. I'm in my 50s. Like, I don't want to be second to anything or anyone. Like, I can have all my activities I like to do, playing pickleball, hiking, doing all those things and still put my partner on the front burner. Well, I mean, that's a good point, right? The That might not be an orange line for someone else, but it's an orange line for you. And you had a situation where 
you didn't have what you want. You weren't prioritizing the way that you wanted. And so over time that can just wear on the relationship. I mean, some people have a different tolerance. Like I have, um, I have a, uh, a couple different couple friends that constantly argue, like, like mm-hmm. yelling and screaming at each other. I have not really been in a relationship like that. Um, you know, I mean, a little bit towards the end with my most recent partner, but nothing that was like, you know, throwing pots and pans at each other's head kind of thing. And right. You know, but some people that's the, that's, they're fine with that because then they make up and they're fine and they only do that one every once in a while. And that's not an orange line for me. I'm not an arguer. I'm not a conflict person. I don't like that. I don't want to be in an environment where I'm constantly doing that. I don't want to be isolated. I don't want to be neglected. I don't want to be nesting so much that I don't see my friends. I, I, you know, there's some things where I just, I can pick up for me that those are orange lines. And I think everybody mm-hmm. should sit down and really identify what are those orange lines, those things that just, I, in isolation, don't make you completely unhappy or aren't an indicator that the relationship is somehow, you know, needs work. But over time, like as you're talking about being prioritized over time, that stuff wears on you and you say, I, I want this though, and I'm not getting it. Do I want to keep staying? So I would encourage our listeners to sit down and say, what are, you know, what are your red lines and what, it, what does that look like? And, but really what are your orange lines? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think the the orange ones really need the attention, right. To sit down together with that person and say, you know, these are things that, that will make, if we can fix these things, it will make this relationship so much more satisfying, you know? And the reality is you find somebody, you say there's so much love in the world. True. There is. And I love to connect with people. I mean, you know, as you know, I like to go out and meet a ton of people, but I think that love, that true, true love is rare and it's very hard to find. And if you find it, you need to put the effort in. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's definitely when we go back to this idea, right? What is your underlying philosophy? My philosophy is that that love is all around us. And so, um, as you know, I feel like I can maybe find that connection with various people and I want to find someone who's healthy and, you know, for me, right. Or Mm -hmm. aligned with me, Mm -hmm. um, in order to, to do that. But I also know there's other things that, um, even if I found the greatest love on earth, you know, there's things that just make it difficult to stay, right? If you want different things. I mean, we've seen this before, you know, one partner wants kids and the other one doesn't. One partner wants to live here and the other one wants to live there. One partner wants their mother to move in and the other one doesn't. I mean, the list goes on. Um, at what point in time are those reconcilable? Because someone has to compromise so much of what they want that, that creates resentment. Um, and that you might just need to walk away because there isn't a resolve. So, I mean, so some of these orange lines are, um, are there things that are non-negotiable? I know one of my non-negotiables has been that I, you know, I live in Tucson, Arizona. I say every day I get up, I look out the window and I say another day in paradise that I am just stunned by the fact that people save up all their money all year long to take a vacation where I live. So I don't have any interest in living somewhere else at this point. I can't, I mean, maybe I will in the future, but I can't possibly imagine it. Well, and you've done it in the past, right? I mean, and that's the thing you've tried it. And I think that you've tried it. And also if you're looking at these orange lines, these are the kind of things I think to talk about either with friends or with a therapist, like to really figure them out. Because if you're going to, if they're going to make you unhappy in a relationship, then you need to figure out like, are they orange lines? Are they red lines? And how much is it really, how much are these things affecting your happiness? I mean, do we live just to be happy? I think that's an existential question we need to answer. Like, are you living to be happy? Do you need to be happy all the time? What is important to you? I know for me, I I'm happy in Tucson. And the idea of meeting someone who says we're going to move to, 
you know, Minneapolis. I, I, I can't even possibly right. imagine that might even be a red line. That's for me. a red line for you. Yeah. I it's a red line. It's like, right it's a now. non-negotiable. And, and I think, but I have to be really clear about what it is that I want. And then, you know, as we talked about in our previous episode was, you know, the eight dates, like what are those things like talking about your red lines and your orange lines early on is something that's really, really important. Um, mm-hmm. Because you, you need to, you know, be thinking about going into whatever relationship you're going into very clear, uh, b- both people very clear about what they're looking for. Um, but as we look at other orange lines too, we think about there's some things that are just not controllable. They're not therapy worthy. They're not, they're, they're not resolvable, like wanting different things, like, you know, personality clashes, like, mm-hmm. at, you know, we've talked a lot about both being extroverts and, and it's, you know, Sometimes an introvert balances us out and sometimes an int- introverts are just completely overwhelmed by our Tasmanian devil approach to the world. Yeah. Um, and, and that just becomes a problem over time. If you're not, if you can't get in sync, I mean, you don't have to be the same. You just have to be in sync. And I've had that happen. Um, and then same with external pressures, right? Like this idea that your friends don't like your partner when they say things, or you're dealing with a family issue or whatever it is. Some of those things aren't controllable. You can go to as much therapy as you want, but, right. you know, identifying early on, either you have to figure out how to cope with the situation and be okay with it. And that's maybe where therapy can help. Um, or you have to like change your circumstances, but you know, there's nothing you can do to force someone's family to act a certain way or force a personality, you know, exchange that that's you know, not problematic. Well, and I think that if you take the time to really kind of, you know, get to know the person. So in my marriage, my personality was a big problem for my partner. You know, I drove her absolutely crazy um, in public and, you know, just in our home because I don't relax. I mean, what I think of relaxing is going to sleep. Like, so if I'm awake, I'm on, right. So (laughs) I'm doing stuff, doing stuff. And if someone wants to relax, I'm like, what's wrong? Are you sick? What's happening here? You know? And mm-hmm. when we go out in public, I want to meet everybody and talk to everybody. If there's someone at the you know restaurant at the table next to us, I'm going to talk to them. So I, people think that's, it's very hard for certain personality types to deal with other personality types. And I think as you age and you get more experience with dating and people around you, you start to learn that. And if you just step back a little bit and take a little bit of time, you know, and I think this was an issue for you as well as passion. How passionate are you as a person? That was a problem for me in my marriage and a problem for you as well. Like we're mm-hmm. very passionate. We can be passionate about, you know, the dolphins in the sea, or we can be passionate about what kind of pencils you should use. And, exactly. you know, and then I'm a lawyer. So add that on top, what people think is argumentative, I think is discourse. So, you <laughs> right. know, right. Each person has to figure that out. And again, neither one is right or wrong, but in order to be in a relationship with anybody, you've got to really like that, those things about that other person. Right. Well, and we go back to what we talked about last time is, you, you know, you, this idea that, you know, you're, you're connecting with someone and you need to, you know, being able to, you know, appreciate who they are. We talked about it with watering the garden, right? Is how do you give into this relationship, make sure that you're compatible and you continue on. But some points too, people just change and they grow apart from each other and they find that they're not, you know, they're not either connecting mm-hmm. in the way that they used to, or they don't have things in common, how they see the world. But let's, let's flip it around. Cause you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a glass half full, my new embrace of law of attraction and all that stuff. Why it's do we stay for you? 
It is, it is. It's working for you. I'm bringing in all sorts of cool energy into my world. Um, so, you know, why, why do we stay? What is it that causes us to, to not either one and done it or, you know, to go on the, the, the Ross and Rachel break? Love, Corey. Love. love I know. That's You're why serious. we stay. What, what other reason would there be to stay? Oh, hopeless I'm, romantic. Oh, yes. No, you, you know, it's funny though. I think this is about our personalities, you know. I, I want it to be love, right? I want that to be my answer, but, um, <clears throat> my answer is much more logistical. It's, um, I've now tied myself to somebody. I, I remember when, um, I got out of a, a 13 year relationship and I remember the hardest part about it was going through the Christmas ornaments. Mm. We sat down and I put all the Christmas ornaments out and we're like, Oh, you can have that one. I want the, this one. I want this one. It reminds me of that one thing we did. Oh, can I have this one? I want to do this one. And we divided up the Christmas ornaments and I had tears running down my face and I thought, wow, we're never going to spend Christmas together again. And, um, in the logistics of that, right. Just not only the emotion, but the logistics, it was like, you get this fork and I get this knife and, you know, and then you talk about dividing up, I mean, dividing up homes and cars and, you know, I have a kid with my partner and, you know, some of those things were just, sometimes it was like, it's just easier to stay. I don't want to have to start over. I don't want to have to like, I'm just so comfortable. I don't have time to look for a place. I, I live in a really nice house and I don't want to go, you know, live on one income and have to downsize. I mean, these are real things I know people think about. And for me, unfortunately, I put that probably before finding that true love and being with that true love is more like, this is comfortable. I'm scared about moving forward by myself. I don't want to divide Christmas ornaments. So I'm just going to stay and hope it gets better. It's so interesting because I am a hundred percent about the passion and the love and I don't care that. Mm-hmm. And I, I've walked away, as you know, from relationships with nothing, with zero. I don't care. You, you know, what I care about is the love and yes, I'm messy. And yes, I don't, I'm not messy. Like in my house, my house is quite clean. I mean, I'm messy in the fact that really love is what matters to me. I don't, I really don't care about anything else. I don't care about kitchen stuff. I, you know, I moved into my townhouse without even running water. Like all that matters to me is do we love each other and can we make it that work? You know, <laughs> and my philosophy is, can we just get along, tolerate each other and then do our own thing? And I don't, and to be honest, that hasn't worked for me. I don't mm-hmm. like that feeling. I want it to be about love. And I want to say, I'm only going to stay for love. I'm not going to stay for convenience. That's who I want to be. It's taken me a lot of therapy to get where most everybody is. And you certainly could smack me and say, come on, it's about the love. But in reality, I've just, you know, mm-hmm. I've gotten myself woven so deeply into some relationships that it has been really hard to untangle myself, like to the point where it's like, well, all right, you use the Netflix login, but like, then you're going to have to get your own account. And then what do we do with the Costco membership? And at some points it's like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to deal with this. Like this is too much, but you know, either the moral of the story is don't tangle with someone if you don't want to untangle or, you know, or just be okay with the fact that you want to stay for love and, and who cares about the Costco membership. Well, and that the flip side of that is love isn't enough, right? If there's just too much that's making you unhappy, I think you have to we hope that love we're taught that we, the weirdest thing is we grow up in just most of us to grow up in dysfunctional homes with seeing models of dysfunctional relationships. And yet society tells us, and even those family members that everything's about love, love is everything. And I mean, for me, it is, it just is, but love isn't enough also to make a relationship work. You know, there does, right. There has to be compatibility. 
Right. And that's where those red lines and orange lines come in. But let's look at this idea about the chatter in our head. So, you know, you're, you know, you're at a breaking point where you're thinking, do do I stay? Do I go? Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of those things that have gone through our heads really around making that decision is, you know, if I go, I would be letting go of love. Like I love this person, but it's not working and I need to, I need to go. Um, I'm scared to let go of love. What if I never find love again? What if I don't find love with this person? And I really feel like we we should be together, just not right now. What kinds of chatter comes to your mind when, when you think about like the fear of letting go of love? Well, I will never let go of love. And I, I think the fact that I'm very good friends with, you know, two of my exes and I would be friends with the others is that I'm never going to let go of that love. And I did the coach Dorothy's mini breakup boot camp. Um, and her point is you don't have to let go of the love. You don't have to let go of that feeling for that person, but you don't cling on to the things that are causing the suffering and, and the relationship may be the thing causing the suffering, right? That your life should be like a Sunday and the person in it is the cherry on top. So if the cherry rolls off, your whole life isn't going to fall apart. Mm. And I think that that is something really, really hard to do because when you have a breakup, you feel like, Oh my God, the world, it, the world has ended. My life is over. And we don't have to let go of that love. Like you can love someone and know that you shouldn't be together. You can love someone and know that they don't want to be with you. You can love someone and also not really like them for a while when you're in that relationship, you know what I mean? Or ever really. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then on the flip side of that, like you come from a not letting go of love at all, but I, you know, I come from a place of, you know, you know, letting go of that, that desire for love of that person to, to, to make, to make space in my mind and in my heart for that love with someone else. And, and that's a different approach. But I remember in my, one of my relationships, the one that I actually broke up and got back together a couple of times. One of the things that, that happened was that when we broke up the first time, I purposely didn't let myself like fall out of love because I was afraid that if we did get back together, I wouldn't be able to find that love again. So I held on to that and I stayed very much in love during the six months that we were going back and forth relation, you know, together apart, together apart. And then finally we had what ended up being the final breakup was I said, I, you know, woke up the next day and said, I can't be in love with this person anymore because I'm doing, I'm doing very unproductive, making unproductive choices in my life by getting back together in an unhealthy relationship because I am continuing to be in love with this person. And it's clouding my ability to make some safe and healthy choices for myself. So at that point I knew I had to find a way to fall out of love because that was Mm. my ticket out of that situation. And it took a lot of therapy. I even hired a breakup coach. I mean, all of that to try to get through, you know, it was, you know, many, many months. But when you say fall out of love is being in love different than loving someone. Um, I mean, yes, I I think so. But I also didn't really want to love this person because Mm -hmm. I didn't really want to worry about the, the decisions they were making. I didn't want to have to have that kind of connection in my life anymore. I wanted to move away from that and take some space and maybe later on down the road, there'll be a place for that. But And there doesn't have to be. And I think it depends on what's happened. If some terrible things happened, right? You don't want to, you don't have to have love for that person. I guess I do have a little bit more of a Buddhist approach. Oh, I do have a dog here. Sorry about that. (laughs) You know, I do have, it's, it's 
I mean, I'm not a perfect Buddhist or anything like that, but it's that you, I mean, it's, I don't know. That's a hard question. You, the being in love is what causes more of, I think, the emotional torture, right? Right, right. But I mean, for me, even loving, loving someone, even loving though, came with a sense of responsibility based on the dynamics mm-hmm. of our relationship. The love felt like um, caretaking. The love felt like worry. The love felt like I needed to be in the know because this person might, you know, I don't know what the choices they were making. And I didn't want that responsibility. And I knew that if I continued to love them, I would feel that way. And at least that was some self-awareness. And some people can manage that better than others. I knew that wasn't something I could do. So I needed to find a way to fall out of love and stop loving this person um, so that I could move forward with my own healing. So let's look at a few others too, uh, things that chatter that you and I have talked about. Um, you know, one of them is like, uh, and this kind of goes hand in hand with, there's two of them that kind of go together. I'm a failure at relationships if I leave. And what if this was as good as it gets and the next one will be worse? So what are other, you know, like, what are other people going to think of me? They're going to think I couldn't do, you know, I failed. And then, and then, and then do I, do, do I even take that risk knowing that, Hey, there might not even be anything better out there for me. Well, Right. In fact, I'm trying to find this thing. I took a photo of something the other day and it kind of bugged me and it kind of made me, I was like, well, that's kind of true. Basically like you're leaving something to find something better and you end up with something worse. Like, Mm -hmm. is that always true? No, it's just, it's really hard because that's the thing, right? Like, um, what am I leaving for? And am I going to find something better? And am I just, have I just not put in enough work? You know, I mean, you have to just be in that moment. I mean, I can look back at my life, my last, you know, my, when I used to be a cop, I had a police partner and he and his wife have been together since 1990, like four. And I've been with eight people since then, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, I don't so know. Do you, do you feel like a failure? No, I don't. How come? Because I feel like I have so many, um, I could have acted better. Okay. But that doesn't make me a failure because I'm learning from each thing. And I was damaged as a human from my childhood. So part of it isn't my fault. And part of it is that I need to learn from these things. But what does it mean to be a failure? If I'm best friends with the person I was with for eight years and I'm really, really good friends and a really good support. And she's the support to me of another person I was with for five years. How could I ever view that as a failure? You know? And what does that mean? I mean, right. Well, I mean, it could be a failure during the relationship, but one of the things I've struggled with is, am I a failure at picking the wrong person from the beginning? Um, But who told you we have to be with, here's the thing, right? That viewing it as a failure is that, oh, you had to be with the one person since, you know, you were 22 because the generation prior to ours, that And the generation before that, that's how it was. But a lot of that was because women didn't have a choice, right? They didn't have a choice to leave or stay. And I think that's putting too much societal pressure on a very individual decision. It's a failure to me if you don't do the work and you don't try. If I just like didn't try, if I didn't put my all into it, then I would think I was a failure. Okay, that makes sense. I mean- I don't think I'm a failure at the relationships. I think I've learned at them, you know, learned from them and become better at them. But I do, I have had to question myself about my ability to, 
select um, a potential partner based on compatibility when I've literally gone into relationships where people have already had red flags and crossed red lines, you know, mm-hmm. those red lines in the first week. And I'm like, let's just keep working at it. And then I find myself years down the road in, in a little bit too deep of a quicksand. And then I think, oh, did I fail myself by allowing myself to continue in a relationship that I knew from the get-go was not really where I wanted to be. And so, and then, you know, and I'm not really concerned about what other people think I'm a failure. We talked, you know, we've talked about that kind of thing before about the social shame. And so I don't worry about that. I think about myself, like, what was I thinking when I went into this relationship and let it get to the point where it, you know, I knew that it was past its prime. Yeah. And I think that's different for each relationship that you've been in. Right. And you have to look at like, well, why did I ignore those things? Maybe you move too quickly, right? Each time we get into a relationship, it's different. And I think we expect it to be the same, that we're going to be the same, that the relationship's going to be the same, or, oh, we're getting in a new one. It'll be better. But we don't put in that intentional work. This is the quote I was looking for, and I don't really agree with it. But then it says, most people mess up something good by looking for something better to end up with something worse. I only agree with that when someone has broken up with me, which has only happened twice <laughs> in my life. But like, can you just put the work in? I mean, there are things, mental illness and other things that prevent that work from being done. But I feel like if you're saying what you just said, you're kind of judging yourself way too harshly. Well, I mean, it's hard because hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Because if I had taken a chance early on, even though there were red lines and I'm like, well, we can work through them and we did, then I wouldn't be having this conversation. It's the fact that that we didn't. But, you know, I think what you're talking about with that quote is also really different. That's not nothing I've ever experienced, which is that kind of you're, you're with somebody, but you're looking over your shoulder for someone better. Um, I've never, that's never been chatter in my head that there's something better out there, but it has been, um, I can see how people can be pressured by this idea of like, well, it's not, it's not as bad as so-and-so and so-and-so, you know what they do in their relationship. And then you're like, okay, I guess I'll stay. And so we create this kind of barometer for it's not much better out there. So I'm going to stay in this thing that might not be a good place to stay, but it's a real convincing argument. Yes. It's so hard. I have a friend going through something that when she first met this person, that person seemed really great and perfect. Right. But now that all of the actual pressures of real life are coming to bear, it's really frustrating her the way she's being treated by that other person. And it's like, it's, you can meet a person, let's say we meet at a park and we're like, oh my God, it's, you know, it's it's so pretty out today and you're so nice and this is so great. But then you go back to the life of your job, your family, your personal issues. And it just, we don't live in a vacuum, right? And so to say that, I just feel like that's being too harsh. Relationships are hard. There are those people who managed to maintain them for 20, 30 years and kudos to them. I have not been one of those people, but I also don't see it as a failure. You know, I'm really sad that a bunch of my friends are retiring from the police department with big fat pensions. And I really don't have that, but I've also done a ton of things that they've never done. You know, I've lived all over the country. I've worked all over the world. I've, I've worked on Everest, things that would not have happened had I stayed in that job. Right. So right, am so- I a failure because I don't have that pension? Well, on days when my water heater breaks, I think, yes, I am. (laughs) But then when I think, oh my gosh, I have friends all over the world. I have, I mean, how many people get to work on Everest, right? 
It would not have happened had I kept that job. And as my friend points out, well, you could have been killed. We don't even know what would happen. And you just don't know. It's like, why do you get in a relationship in the first place, right? Right. Well, I mean, the societal expectation is, is that you pick one person and you stay with them forever. But I mean, there is this little, you know, kind of little cliche saying of a reason, a season and a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And not everybody is supposed to come into our lives for a lifetime. You can look at some friends that you think, you know, I I have some friends that I'm like, wow, I can't believe I still keep in touch with them. That's pretty cool. They weren't like Mm -hmm. my best friend at the time, but wow, I've really sustained a friendship. And then someone who I thought I couldn't live without them as a friend or, you know, a partner, all of a sudden it's like, I haven't talked to them in years. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, part of that too, is that just understanding that every relationship isn't designed to to do that. And it isn't isn't a, a fit failure. But let's, let's move on and kind of wrap us up with a couple things. Like you and I have had situations where we've had to, to figure out, do we want to stay or do we want to go? And I know you say, I stay for love and you know, that kind of thing. And I say, I leave because, you know, it's hard, but, or I stay because I don't want to divide up Christmas ornaments, but mm-hmm. how, you know, how we've made this decision in the past, right? How in our past relationships, how have we decided, like, what's the point at which we decided to go or to stay? And, you know, frankly, for me, the biggest reason that I've broken up or been broken up with or separated from partners has really been that it has gotten so bad that I don't, I haven't stepped up to to make any choices or any suggestions other than trying to fix it over time and then knowing that it wasn't, and then waited for the other person to do the dirty work, literally waited for the other person to, to break up with me because I was too scared to do it, or I wasn't sure how to do it, or I didn't want to give up quite yet or whatever, but I really ended up waiting until the end. It was not a healthy choice. I should have, you know, certainly did, done something earlier. Um, and, and trusted my gut. So it wasn't so that the relationship was so intolerable that I couldn't stand it, that I pushed somebody else to the brink to end things with me. But that's what I've done in the past. And I, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that moving forward. I want to be much mm-hmm. more. And I think I am much more in tune with my feelings and my thoughts around, you know, kind of how is this relationship going and that I have to be okay with saying either this is something I want to invest in moving forward, or, you know, this isn't a good fit for me and, and walk away before and make it so miserable for myself and the other person that we, we have no alternative other than to leave hating each other. Yeah, that is never good. I mean, I used to be the person and I don't even think I realized I was doing this, but it's self-sabotaging, you know, it creating conditions to make the person, uh, other person be done. Right. Just, ugh, I'm so, you're so annoying. And like, or I would just throw everything in a bag and storm out. <laughs> I mean, Usually I didn't get much farther than the end of the block and I'd come back, but that kind of used to act like a real asshole and I've really changed my ways. I mean, I just don't want to be that way anymore. You know, I think like what we've been talking about and the whole point of us starting this podcast is we don't have to be like that. You know, we don't have to do that stuff. There's a way to be better. There's a way to communicate. And the only way to do that is to learn about what goes into relationships. And it's a lot, a lot goes into making relationships work. Right. Well, and talking it out along the way, we couldn't, we couldn't emphasize this more with our podcast is talking out things along the way, being self-aware and who you are, what you're looking for, making sure that you're listening to your partner as they're self-aware and what they're looking for, you know, addressing issues before they become explosive. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then when you get to a point where you might realize that you need to separate because it just isn't healthy or it isn't what one or both of you want, it's just being able to have kind of a, a an amicable conversation and say, where do we go from here? And right. make a, you know, plan for splitting up instead of, you know, storming out or, you know, I'm you know, sure all these sit things. down. 
right. to really and, understand each other, you know, and that, that can't happen all the time. There's certainly circumstances right. where, right. you know, there there's, you know, abuse, abuse and, right. and violence and those kind of things. Certainly we would never encourage that. But at the same time, for me, I, there are situations where I wish I would have been a little bit more in tune with my gut reaction and said, okay, you know what? This isn't working. I'm not happy. I'm going to say something and either we're going to work to fix it or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go. Um, but I didn't, and I stayed and I now know not to do that again. I now know to be much more in tune with my intuition and say, Hey, something's just off. And I want to either fix it or I want to go, but I don't want to stay just for the Christmas ornaments. Well, and again, therapy will help you figure that out. I mean, my storming out, my needing to say that, you know, a lot of these things that we do in relationships are just repeating patterns from childhood that we're trying to work out that we didn't have the ability to work out when we were younger. So if we can work those out in therapy, if we can talk them out and say, oh, these are the things I'm doing in a relationship, why am I doing that? And then being able to express that to the other person, look, these are things that I feel compelled to do, but I don't want to do them anymore. So can we sit down? Can we have an agreement that this is how we're going to handle things? Or this is, if it comes to that, that we need to be done, can we really talk it out? Can we take the time to be measured and and work it out? Exactly. Exactly. Well, as always, we, you know, probably created more questions than answers. Um, and, and certainly, you know, continue to share about the missteps and things that we've had that we, that, you know, I'm not, I'm not ungrateful for, I'm, I'm happy that I've had some learning, but I do know that going into future relationships, I'm certainly going to take that learning with me and move forward. But, uh, you know, this really ties into where, what our next episode is going to be is about, you know, not trying to fix or change other people, not having them fix or change you and just kind of realizing this is who I am. This is my whole self that I'm bringing into this relationship. And how do we, um, you know, kind of reconcile that pressure to, you know, kind of say, Hey, I, this is what I want from the relationship. And I want you personally, your personality, I want your behaviors to change. Mm-hmm. Where is the line on that? What is, what can we ask? What can we accept? And then how are we open to other people doing that with us? And so we're going to talk about um, fixing and changing others and kind of what to think about with that. So thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you uh, tune in for our next podcast. And in the meantime, go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.